shot first, come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Oled and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. What's up, what's up, baby? How we doing? <laughs> wow. Right, that was, yeah, I know, that was an exciting first take. Um, <laughs> hello and welcome, everybody. This is Greedo Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. And we are lifelong Star Wars fans, and we've done nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, but talk about Star Wars since we were born. And we didn't even know each other since we were born, did we? Not since birth, no. No, no. But to be uh, very clear, uh, Star Wars is a big part of my life and Andrew's life. And uh, I feel like uh, it, when uh, Andrew and I first became friends, uh, the Star Wars connection was the instant click that we needed. And I feel like ever since then, um, it's been nothing but happy arguments, to say the least. And yes. uh, we dissect any and every kind of medium that is Star Wars out there. And so the goal of this podcast essentially is to give you information and some fun facts and just some oddball relations and anything else we could really think of Star Wars wise. Is that is that fair to say? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's going to be a mixed bag. It's we're not here to be like, oh, this is our agenda and we're sticking to it. Um, you know, honestly, a big component of what we hope to achieve is that ultimately this will be kind of become kind of a collaborative environment exactly and i think it's it's important to stress that this is not only for just star wars fans but non-star wars fans that yeah. i think at least for my hope is to educate people who want to know more about star wars or if you don't know much about star wars and you're listening to us i don't know what you're doing but i appreciate <laughs> the view or rather the listen yeah. i don't really know how it works on there hi mom <laughs> so um, I think, uh, you know, when, when we actually get into, uh, you know, how we're going to organize the show itself, um, we have different ideas on topics and, uh, you know, ways we want to do what we want to do, whether it be, I don't know, uh, review the latest TV shows or, you know, grab one of the latest books to come out and just kind of dissect it, you know, and it's hard to really specify exactly how much we want, we love Star Wars and just how much information we really want out of this too, you know, and it, it, it's just that collaboration of the minds, of our minds together, and hopefully with everybody else's minds, that we get opinions and just ideas to jump off of there, you know, things you would absolutely not imagine being involved, you know, it just anything at all. I'm yeah. rambling now. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. You're good. Oh, I, I, no, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is kind of rediscovering a lot of things, uh, you know, potentially from, you know, the Star Wars Legends kind of continuity. Exactly, That's, yes. you know, an area that I think we've both been really interested in. And obviously, you know, after the Disney acquisition, it kind of got wiped out. Oh, but, yes. uh, you know, but I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Uh, you know, I think you know, one of the areas that I want to look at is just kind of like the parallels between the two exactly, and, and where there is kind of some symmetry and cohesion and things are moving closer together. It, that, that is a very, very good way of putting it. Cause when you really boil everything down, when it comes to legends versus Canon nowadays, uh, what used to be Canon is now legends, obviously, but they are starting to work with a lot more of the, uh, you know, the legends material 
into yeah. the new Star Wars. Absolutely, and yeah. that's half the fun of it too, because since we're so big fans, so uh, we're such big fans of the series of the franchise, uh, we both have the history behind us when it comes to legends and stuff like that. That uh, we want to be able to investigate into uh, how it really relates to the new canon timeline. Um, you know, it used to be just uh, episode four through six. There was no one through three. There was no seven and eight. You know, there was no anthology. There was no TV shows. Well, technically, there wasn't even like there. There was Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Then randomly, it became The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and then it became episodes four, five, and six. Which just threw everybody through a loop, I imagine, because they were asking, where were the first three? If this was only number four, did we miss the first three, or how is this going to work? And only to, you know, come, was it 1998, 99, when The Phantom Menace came out, and it's a whole new bag. It was the prequels. And uh, that, I mean, that was a big thing, at least for me, probably for you too, Andrew, but like the very first Star Wars to come out in our lifetime. Yeah, no, that's, you've, you're hitting on a very good point there, Connor. I mean, I think it's like, you know, one of the things that I think we would say, and, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, um, kind of going through our rankings of the movies, uh, all of the live action yes. ones, we did omit the Clone yeah, Wars movie. I, I mean, that. That would automatically be number one, I think. But you know, probably <laughs> we want to we want to be fair to everybody. And yeah. just to be clear, this is our own top ten of the movies out so far. This is not yes. to say that this is where they belong in their release order or anything like that, or how which one's better than the other. Because I mean, when it comes to Star Wars, for me and for you, I think it's kind of like you know you can't pick your favorite kid. You know, mm-hmm. you just like I love you all the same. You know, and it's the same thing. I've never put a number except the episode number to any Star Wars movie because I just don't want to I don't want to outrank any of them. I think I like them all just as well as the other. You know, and that I mean that's not to say that some don't have their flaws or whatever. It's just you got to have your own interpretation behind it, I think is the way to go about it, you know. And so I I feel like with us giving our top 10s to uh the audience at large, we can actually put out there that we're there's no bias towards uh whether it be prequels or the new trilogy or anything like that you know if we're just you know, there might be there might be some there, bias that's discerned from my no, listing, yeah possibly but, but the point. i mean that, the whole core of this is just to let you know that we are fans and we're gonna we're gonna break down the top 10 of each of our you know how we put the episodes themselves and we're gonna talk a little bit about how the the experiences of those movies affected us and uh, I think uh, that would be the good place to jump into the top ten. So, yeah, Andrew, absolutely. would you like to start us on the top ten? I am curious to hear what you got. Sure. Okay. So just so everybody has the same kind of social contract that we, Connor and I have, what we're going to do is the bottom three least favorite movies, then we'll switch. Then we'll do uh, the middle four movies and yes. switch. And then we'll do our top three. Yeah, I think that's the simplest way, the most civil way. And since this is your idea, that's why I want you to lead. So if I if I stumble anywhere, just stop me. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right. We'll all probably right. screw it up. Um, yeah, and I just feel like you know, I'm assuming most people who are tuning in maybe have you know have seen most of them. Maybe they didn't see Solo or something yep. like that, or maybe not Rogue One. But I'm you know I would imagine they've probably seen all of the saga exactly, movies yeah. for and, sure. Yeah. That's so. 
So I don't want to belabor each one. You know, you kind of know what happens yeah. in each one. Like laser swords and spaceships. You know, to put a, a lot of people get killed, <laughs> dismembered, beheaded, whatever the case may be. Okay, so without further ado, my least three favorite Star Wars movies, starting at number ten. Episode one, The Phantom Ooh, Menace. Okay. At number nine. Episode two, Attack of the Clones. Wow. And at number eight, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, right. So right out the bat, you're killing me. <laughs> Jeez Louise. All right. So I, I, when it comes to actually putting the, the prequels right at the bottom like that, is it, uh, are you, would you say that it, it kind of like dampens your your respect of the story at all like is there is what kind of like how did the stories like reflect for you when they first came out like when the movies came out in theaters you know well i mean i think when they first came out in theaters and you know and we did kind of touch on this earlier oh hi cal (laughs) my dog callie has been walking around in the room for a while and now she just knocked on my mic stand so probably gonna hear that in in the final product i'll just say chewy (laughs) did it (laughs) um but anyway the, um, you know, like when I saw them, you know, they were the, the movies of like our childhood, you know, I mean, I was 10 or so when episode one came out and, uh, you know, and, and I kind of grew up with that series, you know, I was then 16 when, by the time episode three had rolled around and, you know, and I was a much more mature adult, burgeoning adult That's type a, of person. It's a very good point. I feel like you grew up with Anakin almost. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, like one of the things that I always think about is like the opening crawl to episode four or Star Wars as it once was, right? you know, and it's a galactic civil war and it's these very high stakes and these very menacing figures, Darth Vader and the light and the hope in Princess Leia. Right. And then episode one comes around and it starts with. Trade negotiation. <laughs> all right, no, so all right, I can I can believe that very well. It, it, you're right because it you get the sense from the the original trilogy that there are some high stakes, and uh, you know who the bad guy is, you know who the good guys are right off the bat, and it's it does kind of dampen the whole thing when you when you start to regulate with the prequels that they were trying to establish the galactic, uh, you know, republic as you know as a serious entity you know mm. so they had no real uh um idea of how the galactic republic was supposed to work when the first three movies came out i'm talking four through six now um they even mentioned i think in episode four like um the, the senate has been liquefied so now all the sectors of the gal- of the galaxy are underneath the uh the uh, the power of the, the the governors of the of those sectors, so like Governor Tarkin and stuff like that. You know, it's each each governor has their own sector to take care of. There's no more Senate. There's no more senators or any kind of politicians or whatever. It's it's all one empire now, all under empire, yeah, Emperor Palpatine. You know, so it is hard to kind of regulate that because you go back to the to the prequels, and like you said, there's this. I mean, a, a good portion of the movie is spent in the Senate. You know, and yeah. they, it's hard. <laughs> Entirely too. Exactly. Much. It's hard, especially when you're considering how old you were at the time, like eight or nine, like when the movie comes out, to try and make something like that fun. 
you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting like you see all the different aliens and stuff like that and it's like oh wow you know you could see how expansive the galaxy really is but when you actually you know take a step back and look at it what it is it is nothing more than like a senate meeting you would see on you know your local cable access or something like it can't yeah it can't be that exciting so but let me hit you back with my low three go for it number 10 for me or i know you went like for the first three or whatever but number 10 for me is attack of the clones actually all right number nine Mm -hmm. Is the Phantom Menace. So I had him flip flopped on you. There you go. And yeah. uh, number eight, I don't know if you're going to like this or not, I have Solo. Okay. All right. Okay. So the, way, like, the whole thing I got behind this is like, and this is my little fun fact for it. So with Attack of the Clones, um, that was the Star Wars movie, and I, I'm embarrassed to admit this, that I've seen more than any other one in theater. Yeah. It was the only <laughs> movie I remember like, I would go to the theater. Uh, and I'd be seeing one movie, and I'd walk over just to go see, like, the Django Fett versus uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi scene, right? Or I'd go mm-hmm. and see, like, the end scene with all the Jedi hitting in the Geonosian ring and stuff like that. Like I, I was like, oh, that's that's where you had to be. That was the excitement, you know? And then everything else was just a poorly written love story. And it was just, yes. it's such, it's so hard <laughs> to get through that dialogue and everything. So I can, I can understand where a lot of people come at. It also doesn't help the fact that I think, like, Spike TV replays it that one movie oh, time. it does, yeah. they don't even they don't even go for the other two it's just attack of the yeah, clothes just attack they always the choose yeah. like the crappiest out of all the movies like that's why they always show revenge of the or revenge of the darkness or whatever the transformers movie the, the rise uh, of the moon yeah. or something like that so it's always <laughs> that one right yes. Yes. Like you said with The Phantom Menace, it has a little bit of a higher spot because it was the first one released in my lifetime. So it always mm-hmm. has a special place in my heart. I remember for my birthday that year, I got a, a pod racer cake or whatever. It had Gascano on it, right? <laughs> and I was all about it. And then for Solo, my only real stipulation with Solo is it's a good movie and I enjoyed it. But I still want to see it again and kind of break down the game film, so to speak, right? So. Yeah. In my opinion, there's just not enough data out on it. And it's its own story set aside from everything else. So that's kind of where I place it so high. So no offense yeah. to anybody else. If you did like Solo, good on you. If you didn't, well, you're not a Star Wars fan. So, Yeah, So enough. So I guess I was just going to say, yeah, I mean... I mean, I certainly have no no qualms with any of that. You know, I, I think there's something to be said for... Um, you know, disliking Attack of the Clones the most. I I think for a lot of people it gets the most yeah. out there, yeah. but I do like. But I find that there's certain elements that I'm willing to go back and watch Attack of the exactly. Clones for. Particularly, Django, Django Fett, Fett was probably the coolest part of that whole, like maybe the whole trilogy, and he yeah. was only in one movie, yeah. and that's a big yeah. thing too because you think about like Boba Fett was he's this huge character in the Star Wars universe, but he gets what less than ten minutes screen time, you know? Yeah. In total. Exactly. And that that's he's one of the biggest characters. You have Darth Vader, you got Luke Skywalker, then Boba Fett. Yeah. Right? It, it, there that's that's one of the people that people can point out in the lineup. Yes. And so now you actually put Boba Fett kind of in this movie mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna go losing it. Like, you know, <laughs> you you watch that original teaser trailer for episode two and tell me you don't get excited. Yeah. When they see when you see Django flying off with his dual pistols and that. Like it is exciting. And I mean that that is where it is, but it's exciting for about, you know, I want to say three or four minutes, and yes. then it's back to the, the love talk yeah. between Anakin and yeah. Padme. And it, Literally the most clumsily lit, written oh, <laughs> romance yeah. in, in, like, all of history. 
your love hurts or something yeah. like that. Like, it's too hard to even go back and check for references to watch. Yeah, I don't like sand. Yes, it's coarse and rough. Gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, are you going to do your next four or you want me to? How's that? I, I'll go ahead and do my, yeah, I'll do my next four. All right, All right go ahead. So, my next four, episode seven, The Force Awakens. Followed by Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay. Followed by, and this one, I think there's going to be a reaction to, Return of the Jedi. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then at number four, I have Rogue One. All right. All right. That's still pretty solid. You got it. That's that's our middle of the run of the ground there. And uh, just to beat you back a little bit. I do have Force Awakens as my number seven. Okay. And that's not just because it's episode seven. That would be way too ironic. <laughs> yes. Um, number six, actually, for me, is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Wow. It's It was hard for me not to put that any higher. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that that was probably the best of the prequels in its own right, just because it's, it's the culmination of uh, just, you know, six movies of storytelling. It all leads up to where the beginning of A New Hope is, right? And when you're seeing that in the theater and you actually see how... Uh, Anakin quote unquote dies. He's killed and you know, he's killed by Vader and Vader turns to the dark side, what have you. Like it is that emotional rush. Yeah. I feel like anyone who's a Star Wars fan, it will have a hard time not kind of getting a little dusty, you know, l- watching the whole you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. See? Callie knows. She loved him. And uh yeah, so I I like to put that a little higher. Like it's not the best. It really mm-hmm. isn't, but I still I mean, you can't knock that last battle. I, I that's just me. I, no, I agree with that. I do agree with that. In fact, I think there's something to be said. Like when I kind of go through some of these movies, I mean, I think if there's one thing I can say about a lot of the Star Wars movies is that they're kind of known for starting really big mm-hmm. and ending really big. Yes, yes. There's a I mean, there's a very low middle ground for it. Okay, so uh, getting back to what we were saying before, uh, you know, it it it, it is kind of like a, an opera in its own way. The the whole fight at the end, mm-hmm. you know, and this is going to sound really weird just because I lost my place. We got the microphone knocked down, but still, it's I mean. It's like I said, it's six movies coming together. You finally see how it all fits together. At least you want to see how it all fits together. And it was just a, you know, for what it was, it was a perfect conclusion. You know, like it wasn't exactly airtight, but it made you feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay because now they're going to be starting on to a new hope and then it's just going to be this whole other thing, right? So in the way of the prequels, you always got to put a Revenge of the Sith, I think, higher than the other two. Well, I, that I will agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I say, like in, in my rankings, it was kind of negligible, like, you know, the difference between episode one and episode two. And there's a very big step between episode one or two and episode three. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's still just very bloated and the act, like the acting doesn't get better in the prequels. No, it really doesn't, which is disappointing. I mean, yeah. You want to like every single thing, and you can't really knock um, Ewan McGregor's performance. I mean, no, you, no, he, he is the perfect. Yeah, know, he it, killed it. He, I, he, and that's why a lot of people, and I think us included, are pushing for him to have his own movie. Yes. we want to find out what he was up to on Tatooine all those years. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. if he get if he gets casted as Obi Wan again, I don't think a lot of people will be mad about it. No, absolutely. I think it'll be kind of, in a way, it would be a great way to kind of redeem the 
prequels as they are. That's that's a very good way of putting it. And I mean, I mean, this is a whole other show to get into, but that's what the Clone Wars do as well. Yeah, Clone Wars provide a hell of a lot of information between episodes two and three. Like yeah. something you didn't think you had any interest in, and there you go. But again, that's a whole other episode. Yes. Uh, back to my list. Uh, number five. Now, this is where you're going to get upset because you already upset me. <laughs> I put The Last Jedi at number five. Okay? okay. Now, I'm actually in the middle of watching this again. I just started mm-hmm. watching it today at lunch. And um, the, the thing I put about it was, you know, you kind of want to... <sighs> It's it's hard to it's hard to you know get into these stories and you know accept them for what they are and all this kind of stuff because uh, you're gonna have a lot of people especially in this day and age offering their opinions freely on the internet and stuff like that right and there was yes. a lot of controversy around this movie you know and uh, no one you know including uh, not limited to uh, Carrie Fisher's you know untimely passing. Uh, that was a big effect on the movie. No one knew how that was going to work. And it's not to say that that really affected the movie in any other way. I think that her performance in the movie was terrific, and I think that yes. they did a great job of sending her off. And but what a lot of the what a lot of this movie bugs for people what bugs a lot of people about this movie I think is the use of the force. And I mean that's a whole other subject to get into as well. But I mean you just gotta you kind of have to look at the force as the Deus Ex Machina of the Star Wars, you know, universe. Yeah. It is the savior one way or the other, and it's not to say that you know it's it's uh, it's all powerful. I mean, it is straight up powerful, but it has its it. Um, there's so much about the Force that we just don't understand, and I feel like that's a lot of open t- interpretation as a story of at. I mean, as a story of lo- at large of the Last Jedi, it's all. A, I feel like it's all a self-contained story. Right, because it's hard. To, it's hard to argue the fact that it takes. Uh, you know, you go with Ray training with Luke, and then you have the the resistance on the run from the First Order. It's hard to really put into fact how long this movie actually takes place in real time. Now, the movie itself is two and a half hours, but it feels like the story is being told in less than two days. You know, almost. I mean, not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it or downplay it at all, but I mean, it is it is a very slow-paced yet fast-paced movie at the same time. Yeah. And it all kind of culminates at the end. So, like, you know, you get the other movies, like you were saying before, it opens big and it ends big. And it, 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 Last Jedi does exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, there is just a lot of the same in the middle. You know, there's no going off, or you're going from this planet to this planet to this planet. It's all on a ship, or it's on a planet. That's that's kind of how it goes down for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, so I'm, but I might put it higher on my list. I have to give it, I have to finish watching it again, you know, and that's where I go. Now, if you want me to upset you even more, here comes my number four. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, I knew it was going to get you. Oh, man. I mean, that's... I mean, it's one thing to be like, yeah, you know, like the the last Jedi didn't hit on every note, and there's a lot that I don't yeah. like, and and I can yeah. get that, you know. I mean, obviously, if if you're kind of paying attention to my rankings, clearly it's in the oh, top yeah. three, but so is Empire Strikes Back, and I mean, to me, it's you know, that's just kind of funny. <laughs> like, and I mean, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not trying to pull your leg or anything. Like, I it, if yeah. I had to do a top five, Empire would probably be number four. And I mean, and again, that's not it's not to downplay its story or anything like that. But I feel like when you're a kid, you're watching these these movies for the first time, and especially just the original trilogy. 
I think, you know, from 5 to 10 or whatever, like when you're just enjoying it as a kid, like Empire is not going to be your favorite, I don't think. You might have some you might well, have some fun <laughs> with it, you know, if you live in like a snowy climate so you can pretend you're fighting on Hoth and all that kind of stuff. And there's a hell of a lot mm-hmm. more like dueling between Vader and Luke and all that kind of stuff. But for a kid, it's a lot of drama, you know, and it's a lot of talking mm-hmm. and you don't really care about the love story as much and stuff like that. So I was like, when I had the original trilogy on VHS, I was like, okay, I'm going to go this one last, you know, like it, it, it's not mm-hmm. that it's terrible, but it's my least favorite of the three, which is, it, yeah. it sounds almost, uh, you know, I don't know how, like, I sound like a heretic, I guess you could say, uh, about this, you know, being a Star Wars fan and having uh, empires so high, you know, like, not at number one, essentially, because I think almost anyone agrees that, that is the number one movie. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree with you a lot, particularly on kind of the, you know, per, like the child. Exactly. I mean, there was there was definitely a time growing up when, like, you know, to me, like, Star Wars basically was A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. And, like, yes. you know, I think I did find, like, I think I, I honestly was, like, kind of scared by, like, the, the uh, like, some of the Hoth stuff, like, the Wampa attack. Ooh. Oh, my God, and, yeah. It came out of nowhere for yeah. goodness sake. And, and, and like, he... the Minox in the, cra- in the asteroid, like, always yeah. gave me, like, the heebie-jeebies as a young child. Just chewing on the power yeah. couplings. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I mean, but it's also, I mean, if you want to give some credit where credit's due, that's also the introduction of Lando. Yes. It's also the introduction of Boba Fett for <laughs> yes. the first time. He was scheduled to be in the New Hope, but that was turned out to be like a deleted yeah. scene. You know? <laughs> we're, but, and we're gonna kinda pretend that doesn't happen. Oh my god, I mean, yeah. They, you know, our our name Greedo Shot First for the podcast is is derived from you know, maybe this this kind of one-time reverence for like, well, you know, if George Lucas said that this is actually what's canon, then I guess and this is actually what's canon. Exactly. He would he had the final say on but everything. I would, and yeah. he had, but I would love nothing just, more than to like just go back to like the unedited version that I still have on a VHS tape somewhere. Yeah. Not that I have any way to watch it, <laughs> but I yep. just want to watch that version forever and ever. And you're right, because, I mean, like, there's something special about watching yes. that, you know? And because they released the, you know, they were like the special editions, um, I want to say like the, you know, middle of the 90s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was with all the new scenes and that. And so, you know, we did see Phantom Menace. And that was our first Star Wars movie, you know, in our lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. But we still got to see the original trilogy in theater. I never really thought about that. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily the original trilogy, was it? No. You know? no it had it, all not... the special edition edits. and Oh, my God. Uh, you know, scenes. Uh, I mean, I, I'll never forget being really excited at the end of Return of the Jedi when yep. the special edition was in theaters. Oh. And they cut to a scene that everybody knew was Naboo celebrating. Oh, no. You're good. Oh, the Gungans? Yes. The Gungans on top of the Capitol yes. just celebrating. Woo-hoo! And I was like, oh my, this looks great. This looks incredible. Uh, and then yeah. and then those movies actually came out and Yeah. And, and you, you things changed. Oh my god, the things changed. I mean, because you want you're talking about the end of the movie. Why don't you talk about the beginning? Where uh it, I mean it's when they're at uh Jabba's place mm-hmm. and they had to replace the singer. Yes. Just beat up at the compound, or whatever the hell he's singing, you know. Yes. 
And it's just like you had this crazy, you know, alien with the long ass lips or something like that. And it's just like it didn't make any sense at all. It was only to have a little bit more screen time with Boba because Boba like popped up for like two seconds. You're like, oh, it's Boba. And then it went back to the singers. You're like, okay, let's see Boba a little more. You know, (laughs) How how about in the special edition? You don't like ruin him. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, at the very least, try and give him some kind of credit and like make him a little badass. Like, yes. I feel like when it comes to Boba Fett, if you had given him a chance to like show him actually taking somebody down for a bounty in the movie, like give him a little bit of background. Like, you know, he's say he's chasing down some kind of, you know, ruffian on uh, NATO Kaimoria. NATO, God, you know, what I'm trying to say the hut, uh, the hut world. I can't think of what the heck it's called. Now, either Huda? way, now Huda? Yeah. What was I thinking of? NATO got Kaimuidia or whatever. Uh, Nalhuda or, or whatever. Say they're chasing him on, on Tatooine, right? <laughs> All right, yeah. That's the easy name. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just this guy running in the back alleys, and all of a sudden he just gets, like, tied up with a, you know, a fine thread or whatever, and you see out of the shadows, it's just a Mandalorian helmet. It's like, you're no good to me, dead. And all of a sudden his, uh, you know, his communicator goes off, and he pulls it up, and it's Darth Vader. Like, I have a job for you. And he's like, I'm busy, Vader. Like, it would just right off the bat, he would have seen how badass he was. It's it's like he's telling Vader to frick off. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like he it's Vader. He can't, you know. Yes. So if they would have done something like that, I feel like the lot of there wouldn't be as much like name calling, I feel like, for Boba, mm-hmm. you know, if him only having five lines or whatever. So it is what it is. But let's uh let's get to the three. Yes. The top three. Yeah. So I, I guess here's what we can kind of say. So, you know, again, if you know the movies, and I assume most of you will. My top three remaining include The Last Jedi, A New Hope, and Empire. Yes. And yours include... They include... Rogue One. Rogue One's number three. And then A New Hope. Number two. And Return of the Jedi. Number one, baby. (laughs) And a lot of people are going to hate on me because of the Ewoks, and I know that. But, you know, I mean... When it comes to Return of the Jedi, and I go back to the whole, you know, feeling as a kid kind of deal, I mean, that was everything. That was mm-hmm. everything that you wanted out of a Star Wars movie. You started off big, like you were saying, and you're at Jabba's Palace, and it's kind of like back in the first movie, you're at the cantina, and you're seeing all these crazy different species. Luke's fighting a, like a giant, like, lizard thing, you know, like the the um, the Rancor, and like, you're just like, oh, he's going to get crushed, and all of a sudden he gets crushed, and the door comes down on the Rancor. And that, that guy with the diaper on his head comes out, he starts crying. It's like, <laughs> you can't help but feel bad for that guy, right? And, and he's he's a character we'll cover later on in the in the, in the the podcast because he's actually one of my favorites. I think his name is Malachi, but I, I don't remember I'll exactly. Your, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> he's, part of, he's part of the new uh, trilogy that came out for the Aftermath books, but I'll tell you more about that later. But just beyond that, you know, you get you – get, uh, Luke going back to, uh, you know, see Yoda and Yoda passes on and Yoda reveals that he actually has a sister. It's a whole nother big thing. Right. And I mean, just oh, various, I mean, you finally, you fi- I don't know. It's it, a sister it, that he French kissed in the previous movie. Oh yeah. And he, act, besides the point. he acted all hound dog, but it's the galaxy, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a good, ex- that's not a good uh, excuse. Um, no. So, and I say my favorite part probably of the whole movie is always going to be the Battle of Endor. And I mean, that's not even including the Ewoks. Like, it's always teddy the, bears. Yeah, the teddy bears. Yeah. It's always the space battle for me. 
because that's like that's the first time you really see that the like the the rebels are truly nothing but a rag tag group of people now you look at like uh you know empire and they had snow speeders and x-wings right and then you looked at uh, a new hope and they had x-wings and y-wings and you look at this one and it's just they're pulling out all the stops right it's just there's b-wings a-wings y-wings x-wings all the wings, right? It's just it's just coming at you, and you look at the empire, and it's just Tie Fighters. It's all it's all it's all regimented. It's all uniform, <laughs> right? But you, well, there's something to be said about consistent means of production that that help a war effort succeed. Exactly. That's why the U.S. military still uses a lot of the same hardware that they've been using since Vietnam. And it's, I mean, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it, right? Yeah. And I mean that's kind of how it goes too. I mean you you learn through the Clone Wars and I think through Rebels that the Y wings were I mean they were in service back in the Clone Wars for Christ's yes. sake. So I mean yeah. they're still a very viable uh, ship during the the original trilogy and everything. Um, but you know it and that's just it. Like you know that this is their last shot and like everything counts on them getting into that into the Death Star and that scene where Lando's going through the Death Star just trying to reach the core. You could not get me any further to the edge of my seat every time I watch that. <laughs> There'll be times where I'll pull it up on YouTube just to watch that scene. Just the space battle. Too close. Yes! That was too close, man. And it's just like telling Wedge to go and get the power converter or whatever, and he's all like, already on my way up. Already on my way out. Whatever he says. And he just hits it, and Lando just doom. And all of a sudden, everything starts falling down. Oh, I could talk days about this battle, man. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but... To get back to you about the the special editions and everything like that, it did ruin it. It really does ruin it for me when it comes to that. Like, just the dance scene at the beginning, I think when uh, I watched it recently with Eva, I think I just skipped past that whole thing. I just pretended it didn't exist. Yeah. No, I think that's... Like, honestly, that's... I would say that the special edition of Return of the Jedi is the biggest reason why it barely makes it into my top half. That's also true. Uh, And also... I don't know. There is something about teddy bears, but um, they they kind of just undermine everything a oh, little bit. Oh yeah, you're but, right. I mean, it's I mean, you could make an argument by saying like, are you saying that the you know this native tribe used guerrilla warfare against a national you know like or a uh, galactic wide army that's been able to vanquish planet after planet, and yet they're defeated by teddy bears? It's yes. almost an allegory for the, like literally using sticks and yeah. Rocks. I mean, it's an allegory that a lot of people would use towards like Vietnam or uh, something like well, that. Well, it yeah. is. I mean, exactly. That's kind of, I mean, it, I think that was the whole yeah. point, and that was Lucas's mesh, message. I mean, that's the whole reason why Star Wars exists in the first yeah. place, is that yeah. basically he is, you know, he's kind of trying to paint this kind of alternate history of Vietnam, yeah. where you have the, the galactic invaders coming in with all of the might and all of the resources, yet this ragtag group Just holds is, them back. That's yeah. another thing that you don't really think about and that they've been making more evident like with the new newer material coming out is the fact that the rebels were terrorists right basically i mean there is there's certainly a line to be drawn between like you know how good are the so-called good guys and 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 that that's a good that's a good point because there there are a lot of stories out there of um well going back to rogue one like uh saw guerrera his group was a rebel faction but the actual Rebel Alliance didn't include them because they found them to be just way too brutal. Yeah. And I think there's actually like a story out there about how the Saul Guerrero group, I forget exactly what he calls them. Partisans. Um, 
the partisans they like invade this uh fancy dinner and they actually use like you ever see that movie ghost ship no no all right well you don't need to it's not great <laughs> it's only one part right at the beginning like this um steel wire right gets loose from somewhere and essentially just goes from one side of the of the crowd to the other side and just slices everything in its way and apparently that's exactly what they did in this story they were just trying to hit one target but they took out an entire party (laughs) and it was one of these things i think would actually got jen or so to like step away from the partisans and go and about it on her own it's a whole nother story i think but again we'll get back to it but one of the reasons i have rogue one so high and i kind of want to get back to this is uh it's just well the way i actually wrote it down it's a sunker punch of feels yeah yeah you know, you're going to feel something when you watch a Star Wars movie, but this was the first anthology movie to come out. And what they had to work with, they had to recreate, or they, no, they had to create all these different characters. You had to relate to all these different characters. You had to know them, you know, to even get kind of, kind of feeling out of them or whatever. And I might, you know, it, it's just like, you grew to know a little bit about each character, but at the same time, like once you saw them just like one by one just being downed, it's like it is a sucker punch because you just think to yourself, like this is going to be, this is going to end happy. I wanted to end happy. I know this is going to end happy because that's a Star Wars and that's how it always works. Until you realize that it's literally a suicide mission and it's heartbreaking in that sense. You know, because you, I mean, over the course of an hour and a half, you're watching this movie, you kind of grow to like some of these characters, especially like K2SO and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like, you realize that that's just the, that's the cost of war. And one of our friends actually put it pretty, pretty bluntly. He was like, this was the most war I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very good point because you, you got to see, you know, we'll take them by the beaches. They were literally on the beaches. We'll mm-hmm. take them in the air, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It is, it's heartbreaking, but it's powerful. And, you know, and they were able to recreate so much from the original trilogy, just the first movie alone to make it look like it belonged. Yeah. Like it really looked like it came before a new hope to me sometimes, like just the way that they did the set design and everything. Like you believed that this was an actual story and not just like a glorified fan film. Right. Yeah. So no, absolutely. That's kind of why I have it high up, yeah. but that's just me. Sure. I mean, I, you know, and I, I certainly appreciate that. You know, I mean, it, it kind of fell just outside of my top three. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it could honestly be one of these things that I've only seen the last Jedi so many times and, mm-hmm. and maybe like I'll decide that I can't take Canto bite more than I can't take the opening of rogue one. Yeah. Yeah. And, I could see that, you know, and they, those two could flip flop. You know, I think like, I think you had a pretty good, uh, quote on this. I believe this was you who told me this. That was just kind of like, you know, Rogue One almost recast the way that you think about war movies. Exactly. Yes. You know, because it's like oftentimes they're kind of, you know, it's kind of painted as this noble sacrifice. And not to say that that's not what happens in Rogue One. No, yeah. But it's just that you kind of actually come to understand these characters and you know basically what these characters sacrifices actually lead to for our you know saga protagonists exactly i mean just the part right at the end you have um jen like talk to uh cassian he's like do you think anyone's listening it's like i think they they are you know like just that just that small exchange Mm -hmm. you know and it's just like you know that's that's where the flare of hope comes from, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, they did a great job just making that just 
high stakes to the extreme. You're the whole time you just kept thinking like, there's no turning back now. The shields are at sixty percent. They can't get a message through the shield shield gate. They got to get it down. It's the most amazing use of property and all this kind of stuff. And they were they also they just they connected so much with all the other material that came out to prior to it. They mm-hmm. made it seem viable. Like yeah. the there's a lot of Easter eggs in the movie, like uh, the the ship ghosts that they use in the Revel show makes a couple cameos and they yeah. say Captain Sindula's name and all that kind yes. of stuff. So yeah. it's true and like as much of a kid's show as it may be, especially for the Clone Wars, like they did they started off as just, you know, your run of the mill cartoon show. It still hits you real hard. You know, and they, 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 it, and it's the same thing with Rogue One. They cover so many just like dark parts of the Empire. They actually show you just how brutal the Empire can be. I mean, they're tearing families apart, and I mean, they're just doing it without, you know, without even a thought. You know, and that, that really does put everything into perspective for you, and like, it makes you realize why they're fighting, you know? Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, one thing I guess I want to end on, and like, I don't even really, I mean, look, if you don't think, the Empire Strikes Back is like the perfect movie. Then I don't know what to tell you that's going to convince you otherwise. No, no, no. To you're... me, it is perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, and and without a new hope, even if it is maybe at certain points, like just kind of, there are certain points in the dialogue. In oh episode yeah. Four in particular, where you know it's like clearly George Lucas didn't have a lot of help at that point no. because it... he was trying to make a small movie basically. Yeah, and then the, uh, on top of that, like there was no real uh, idea for a sequel at that point. Like yeah, he said, so I, there's so many kind of inconsistencies or prequels for that. Yeah, matter. I mean, the, like I was kind of going over some of like the early Luke and uh, like Obi Wan interactions, mm-hmm. and like you know, I know they try to kind of retcon the notion that Obi Wan didn't want to tell Luke about his sister yeah, yeah. and the fact that Leia was his sister. Right. But like, it's also plain as day that like Obi Wan doesn't know this. That's also true. <laughs> Even though he was there for the birth. But th- and then I mean, there's another thing where it's like uh, when uh, Obi Wan he's like uh, he says he, this the this droid says he belongs to you and he says I don't seem to remember owning a droid. But it's like you spent what 10 years you know hanging out with r2d2 or whatever during the clone wars you know he's like he was vital to almost every single mission you had you and anakin but it's that omission it's like a lie of omission there because he's like i don't seem to remember owning this droid he remembers the droid itself but he doesn't remember owning it so that's 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 the that's the small kicker that they they ride on but it's yeah. stuff like that, and like in other movie, in in the other movies too, where they, it could be the smallest detail, you know, it could be a throwaway line, and next thing you know, there's a novel about it. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's <laughs> kind of the goal of this podcast is that when it comes down to the smallest line of dialogue or just the smallest Easter egg or something like that, we kind of want to dissect it. We want to see where it can go and how it's gotten even broader in scale from what it started out as. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it it's hard to really explain, I guess, but I don't know. The 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 core of it is just um you know, we love these books or not books. <laughs> we love these movies. Oh, we do love and, the books. Yeah, as so well. we love the and we love the books as well. And uh, you know, we will talk day and night about it. But we're hoping that everyone else can get some enjoyment out of our reactions to uh, our own lists. And uh, hopefully throughout the podcast itself, we want to start doing kind of like uh, like a draft pool. We want to do something like uh, our our uh, 
bounty hunter group that we want to make up of uh uh, this this could actually be for the next one. I think I want to do that. Is that we're going to choose five uh, Star Wars characters who are not bounty hunters in their original profession, but we want them on our bounty hunter crew. And so what we're going to do is go through and pick these people and lay out all their uh, skills and abilities and why they're vital to our teams and see who really wins at the end and kind of go from there. I think that's the safest way of going about it. So on that. I think uh, it's time to bring this sucker to a close. Uh, Andrew, did you have a good time? Boring conversation anyway. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, good night, everybody. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> uh.